Alrighty, welcome in for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. I'm your host, Tim Shields, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Wayne Breezy Brown. Uh, we're just popping in to talk about uh, Grant Williams' trade and uh, how we feel about it. Before we get into it, uh, Wayne, how are we doing, man? <laughs> I would be doing much better when Jalen Brown comes to life and signs this extension. Uh, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot that's going to take to make that happen. I'm starting to understand that it's probably coming down to like language in terms of the contract and outs and things that go into these contracts. But overall, I'm feeling great. Celtics are continuing to make moves and finding ways to get better. And I know it's going to be tough to try to bring this in to figure out well, how in the hell are we getting better if we lost our grit? Like, you lose Marcus Smart, uh, you lose Grant Williams. And, and you know what? Lose is the wrong word. They were traded. And so this is going to be interesting to see how we're going to be able to tie this into the upcoming season because I feel like those two players, those were your low-down, gritty, grindy players that would just do things that no one else would do, the intangibles. Yeah, and I think looking at Grant even just in the Eastern Conference Finals, as much as people might want to give him some grief for it, he was the only guy to actually show any kind of gall and guts to try and stand up to Butler in that game. And I know, obviously, people talk about poking the bear or such and such. I still need to give him credit for that just because I think I think at a time he was trying to show some sense of resistance. For, for a guy who really lost his rotation spot, it sucks to see him go in the way that he did. So ultimately, it was a sign and trade. Uh, Dallas Mavericks land him. Spurs are involved. Spurs get Reggie Bullock, um, unprotected Dallas pick swap in 2030. And I think it was two second rounders going to Boston and then two second rounders going to, I believe, San Antonio, maybe. Um, but the deal ends up being for Grant Williams. It's a four-year, $53 million deal. I've seen it, the trade exception that the Celtics created is somewhere between... I think six and seven million. I haven't seen an actual firm number on that. The way that works is because he's signing as a RFA. It's basically half. It's half of um, that first year. I don't know the exact terminology for it, but that's what ends up happening for the Celtics. Uh, they move on from Grant Williams. The big thing here is, is if the Celtics did sign Grant Williams to that deal, which to be honest, I think if you told me two years ago, that's what Grant would get. Like following that finals run, if they like yeah. signed him to that deal, I'd be like, okay, that's actually like a pretty solid deal. I think after last year, it would have been really, really tough to justify those numbers because he lost his spot in the rotation. We saw flashes of what he can do, we what we know he's capable of doing, but for some reason, he just fell out of the rotation. And whether that's on him or on Joe, so be it. But if they signed him to that deal now, it would have put them $40 million extra for tax money and it would have put them over the second apron now do i think the celtics are done making moves no and i think that's part of the reason why that they were able to move on from grant here i think if if they could have had it any other way they would have tried to keep him just because i think he's a solid player but you can't justify paying a guy who's going to be what your eighth ninth maybe tenth man that's it 13 million plus a year probably by the ends of it so that's it i like i mean 
you're going to get a bunch of different reasons and mainly that that second apron is what a lot of people is going to fall you know to like how somewhat it would have you know been like a 40 million dollar you know tax thing and then it would have been paying his luxury tax to keep him in there for a rotational piece that's not going to get a lot of rotation and and you know what i just don't think he fits the joe missoula rotation i i don't think he fits that scheme or somewhat because a lot of people feel like he was misused i was one of those guys right and, and what i meant by being misused just play him i don't give what grant does on the court he's gonna give you energy and at some point that's a, that's kind of like what you need to get going you need a little you need a little spark you need a little a little energon energon cube from the transformers or something and that's what grant did you know what i'm saying like he gave you that night in and night out so whenever he went in a the game there was going to be a spark whether it was poking the bear whether it was hitting the three whether it was diving for a loose ball whether it was whatever it was he was a spark he was more of a spark than marcus smart in my opinion uh and marcus smart used to be that spark when he was coming up in the early stages in his celtic career that's what smart did and so i guess the question is going forward tim Who's going to be that spark? You talked about that six to seven million dollar TPE. Who in the hell are we gonna get with six to seven million dollars? Uh, and it expires, right? And so, like, that's another thing because you got one year to use it. Yeah. Yeah, the whole the full NBA season, right? And so, like, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm gonna miss Grant. I don't think anyone advocated for Grant Williams more than Wayne Breezy himself. I remember going back two, three years ago, I kept saying this guy just needed to play basketball. He just seemed like a basketball player. High IQ, he just had issues with taking the shots. <laughs> and, like, just you're wide open, shoot the shot. He would pump fake from the three, try to get a layup, miss the layup. I'm like, dude. Dribble it off his foot or something. <laughs> there's, just... there's, there's one bad clip of that where it's just like, pump fake pump fake starts to drive bounces off his foot defense collapses puts up a, like a contested layup doesn't even like hit the net it <laughs> just rough man i jalen said it, laugh at it though right you, you kind of have to laugh it off at well at this point now i mean we've got the good memories of grant we also have the bad i think one thing that might have been telling was during the playoffs jalen saying you know when grant has his head screwed on right you know he's a, a a very important player and i think that's probably the caveat maybe there were issues that we didn't see behind the scenes where grant's trying to play out of his role or wants a bigger role there was all these rumors and stuff during the season that he wanted to have a starting role on a team and i think for dallas he might have that so they get a really solid player celtics add more second round picks they avoid the second apron with this move. They created a TPE. That's huge. That's it is huge. it is interesting to see what they can use um, that TPE for. I think it's going to be part of something larger. And again, they keep they keep stockpiling assets. And ever yeah. since July first, man, yeah. it's been at a standstill. No one's doing like anything. You've seen some extensions. You've seen some small ones. This was like a little splash. This is good for the Mavs. Mavs added a really like high IQ basketball player in my mind. He just needs to play into his role. And I'm interested to see how he plays alongside Luca and Kyrie. I don't even know how that's going to work in the locker room. Cause I feel like 
either Grant and Kyrie are going to get off great or they're going to get off horribly. There's no in-between. There's a lot of interesting egos at play there in Dallas, but they already knew that going into this season. I don't think Grant has the ego issue, though. He just speaks his mind. Totally different. And Kyrie speaks his mind, plus has the ego. Luka's more passive. And I I think when it comes down to it, Grant just has to go out on the court and, and perform. And I think you do that. You know, this will be the first time he gets to play with Kyrie because I believe he was drafted after we moved on from Kyrie. I believe that's kind of like how it went. So yeah. I don't think they saw each other ever uh, on the court. It just so sucks to me because I just I, – I knew this day was coming. I Like, I, I kept telling you I don't – I, I want to keep him, but I don't think we will. Um, I just think the identity of the Boston Celtics is changing and it's shaping into something different, and I don't know what it is, so I'm not going to take a guess until we start to see uh, over time what, what it starts to look like. But, again, two, your two, I would say, grittiest players. High IQ. I thought Marcus Smart had a high IQ as well. Like, the two gritty high IQ players have been traded, uh, and we're going to have to see what the Celtics are looking to do. Um you know, I, I, it comes down to this Jalen Brown situation. Um, I'm hoping the Celtics aren't not not lowballing him, but like offering him a, a, a lesser. De- I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'm happy for Grant Williams. I'm going to miss Grant Williams. I'm saying his name right too. I said it right all episode. <laughs> now that you say, it, you're gonna get it wrong. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but for those that don't know, the running joke is I've been calling Grant Williams Grant Hill all season long. It's on um, and off. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Like Grant, like, it's on and off. Yeah. Like you said, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Are the Celtics looking to make some type of stockpile bigger move in the next in the upcoming year? Not this season, but going into next season. Uh, and this is what basketball is coming down to, you know, um, I, I know from from my football experience, my football perspective with my the team that I cover, the San Francisco 49ers, like that's what they do. Like they stockpile up on those, we call them compensatory picks, picks you get free, like, we call them free picks and they find ways to stockpile. So when it comes down to making a trade, they'll trade their regular pick because they got some third rounders, late third rounders that are like early fourth rounders that they can actually utilize and use. And now you can even trade those picks because a lot of teams have been hitting on the compensatory picks. So I don't know what Brad's going to be doing, uh, but it's going to be interesting to watch. I know going forward, this is what I'm getting from the trading of Grant Williams. Celtics got bigger. Uh, they added Chris Dapp, Porzingis. You still have Al Horford, and now you got Rob Williams. So that's three bigs. You can go double big all the time. You're not losing size with Grant Williams. Yes, I said it right. I almost said it wrong. Uh, because you said I was going to. And so this is going to be interesting to see, you know, if teams come out in those smaller lineups, who do you run at the five? But I think you're confident you could run Al Horford there all the time. He's he's a 5-4 guy. Uh, he could play the five. He could play the four. So it's going to be really cool to see what they do. But I do know the Celtics got bigger. Uh, and then they also added in some other pieces like O'Shea uh, and, and, and the other kids. Banton. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Banton. There you go. And then they drafted a kid with a lot of length, right? And so yeah, now Walsh. You, there yeah. you go. So that might be your grit this year. If he has a really good, you know, mini camp, training camp, whatever you call it in basketball and things like that, you know, there's a prop summer basketball is about to start. 
if this kid starts to show and he has that athleticism and that ability to create uh, turnovers and be a good defensive mindset for the Celtics year one, this kid can rise up just like that. And that's how basketball used to be, bro. Like, it, it, I remember guys like Tony Allen and, and those guys were defensive menaces. And then they turned into shooters, right? They turned into scorers, but they created buckets on the defense for buckets in transition. And maybe that's what the Celtics are getting back to. I don't know if that's their identity, but they did get bigger. Yeah, I I think that's the big thing with the Porzingis deal. And a lot of folks are already saying, I think the Celtics got worse. I think the Celtics aren't done yet. So I don't think that they got worse. I think that they got thinner. And the way that I look at that is, is you kind of are consolidating some of these pieces. Mm -hmm. And this is sort of what I felt like the Celtics needed to do for a while. And last season they did. They did it a little bit by going out and getting Brogdon. You, you know, you combined, you know, Malik Fitz, Nick Stauskas, Aaron Neesmith, and uh, Daniel Tice. And you make that move, you trade those guys out. And now you're looking at a situation where you're adding a guy like Kristaps Porzingis, but it costs you Marcus Smart, and eventually, you know, you're moving on from Graham Williams. So it's kind of like, you know, it's like a soul for a soul. You know, <laughs> like you needed to go out and add more talented players to your roster. And I think that you did. But now you, you have to look at the guard rotation and say, okay, do we need another guard? Are we starting Derek White at the point guard spot? Um, how, are we, how are we going about our starting lineup? Because that decision with the starting lineup, specifically like you talk about double bigs, are you starting Rob and KP? Are you starting Rob and Al? Are you starting, like you ha you probably are starting KP, but like, you know, you, you have to start thinking about these logistical things. And, and with that, it, it does kind of change the chemistry of your roster a little bit. I think the size thing is big because, you know, you go out and you sign Banton, you go out and you get Brissett, both of those. Yeah, I mean, the size is important there with those two. Like, those are two very big guys who are going to be able to play bigger at their positions. Uh, Brissett is a nice piece, and if he can give you 60 70% of what you were getting with Grant even last year, but in, like, a different capacity, like, I think he's going to be able to play more three than Grant could just based on, like, physicality and, like, wingspan. He's going to play in his role. I don't think Brissett's going to ever try and play out of his role. And... I think the big thing that you look at too is is like there are certain things that Celtics were really good at last year and certain things that they weren't good at. They were heavily reliant on the three point shot. They didn't really work in the paint at all. And, much, and like, bro. and we love the three point shot when they go in. Like that's how it is. Is like this team was literally like by definition a live or die by the three kind of team. Now you've got guys who can kind of create by the elbow, and you've got athleticism and size with these guys in Banton and, and Brissett. And Brissett can, you know, operate as a cutter. And just, you know, if you've got people working at the elbows, like KP, or you've got Jason, you know, operating at the elbows trying to do post-ups, that opens up driving lanes for guys to just go through and just cut to the rim. So, like, there's an opportunity there. And... It's basketball, bro. Like that, like it, it's you got to be able to score at every level. At and every I think, level. I don't think the Celtics had that last year. And, and that's not on, that's not on Marcus. It's not on Grant. But after a certain point, like you need to start making changes to the team and to the roster. And I think in order to do that, you needed to empower guys like Jalen and Jason in order to, you know, be the leaders that we think that they can be. You know, it just sounds like you're shaping the identity of what the Celtics are looking to become.
yeah, uh, like scores at every level. And I think we can ride that out for, you know, going into the season. Uh, that's what we need to be able to do. We need to be able to score inside. And when you add Kristaps Porzingis, he can give you that. And I know he's, he looks thin and fragile. Kids got moves. He's definitely not as thin and fragile as he looked at when he came into the league. I'll tell you that much. He filled out good. Good for him, man. Which is what (laughs) happens because Tatum was a little thin. Not as thin, but Tatum was thin, but then he started to bulk up as well. But what I'm trying to say is, like, he can be a menace. He's not your big, big, you know, MB type of finisher with that big size, that big But he has great footwork. He has a great mid-range, and he can shoot the heaven He's a better three-point shooter than Embiid. Let that yeah, sink in. Yeah, that, that clears. Yeah, absolutely. But that's my point. So, like, you don't lose the three-point shooting as an option, but you gain the mid-range, right? You also gain the inside scoring. And you know what he can do? He can make plays as well. So and he I- can do it over the top, too. And I think that's something that, like, gets overlooked. It's that size and height, right? That, I'm getting, I'm, I can't wait to see this. I know we're... I know we consolidated. That was dope. I like how you said that. I felt like I need to consolidate my damn bills right now. But I know we consolidated. <laughs> and, and that was cool because that's exactly what we've been doing. But this is where I go in trusting Brad. Because in his consolidation in year one, you know, in his new position, damn it, we made it to the conference finals. I know that's not a, something to celebrate. I get it. We lost. I get it. But... At the end of the day, whatever he's doing is working, and he's only looking to, to be better at it. And so that's the cool thing, right? As, as we go along, we're looking to figure out, all right, man, I did these moves. I did this. I did this. We didn't, we didn't get to where we needed to get to. We didn't win the trophy. But what can I do to be better? Maybe the consolidation thing is something you're on to, and maybe that's what they were looking to do with the bigs and solidify that because now you got the young, bouncy guy in Rob. You can manage his health. You can still find ways to manage Kristaps Porzingis' health, and you can find ways to manage the health of the old, aging Al Horford. This is like, it might be a perfect situation for Boston. You get younger at the wings. You get younger and trying to score in the paint, and this can be something that the, uh, the Boston Celtics are looking to do going into the next season. Yeah, and I think that's really kind of where the catch is, right? Like, you have to keep making moves now. This is not this is not by any means a finished roster. And I think after making a move where you, you dealt away a longtime Celtic in Mark Smart, you're moving on from Graham Williams, what else are you adding besides Kristaps Przingis? And that's, I kind of want to segue into it because I feel like it still needs to be addressed. Dame Lillard has not gotten traded yet. And I know a lot of people are kind of wishy-washy on it because they don't want to trade away Jalen or, you know, you don't want to pay Dame Lillard X, Y, and Z. I get that. I also think that you can look at some of these other teams around the league who are saying, screw it. We're going to go get the talent. We'll figure it out later. Look at the Suns. Okay, look at the Suns. They've got Kevin Durant. They added Bradley Beal. You've got Devin Booker. They got off of Chris Paul's contract. They still have DeAndre Ayton, and despite the fact that there were trade rumors around him, they're keeping him. That's a lot of money tied up, and they're going to have to fill out the rest of their roster. Don't get me wrong. like That's still very difficult to do, but they're not afraid to spend, and I don't think that the Celtics are afraid to spend. I think that they're remaking their roster. So while people talk about you know this, the second tax apron, and I know I mentioned it because of Grant's contract, I, I look at this the same way they look at Malcolm Brogdon's deal. Like, I think you can take that money 
and better apply it to fit your roster. And if it means, you know, packaging up a couple players in order to get a really good one for that money, then you do it and you flesh out the rest of your roster with vet minimums and ring chasers and, you know, prove it deals for guys who are looking for a roster. You know, I, there's plenty of guys like that. I wouldn't mind going after like Kelly Oubre if you could for like, you know, the the MLE, the taxpayer I've been, MLE. I've been wanting him on this roster for years. He's a nice three-point shooter. I would want to see how he fits in the offense because I don't want him you know, playing too much hero ball, but with, with the Lillard stuff, this is from Toucher and Rich, so take it with the biggest grain of salt, and it's also, this involves Chris Mannix. Um, this is a tweet from about three hours ago. Our friend Chris Mannix just told us that he believes there's a way that Celtics could land Damian Lillard without, without giving up Jalen Brown and believes that Lillard would have no objection to playing in Boston. Mm. Now, that's one thing. And then you've also got Mark J. Spears saying that Jason Tatum is actively actively currently trying to uh trying to get dame lillard to boston now i don't know if that's a recent report because i already seen something about it but unless mark j spears said something else like if he said something else that's new because i saw that marcus mark j spears spoke about this the other day Mm -hmm. that tatum was trying to recruit him i saw that so I don't know if this is a different report. The fact that it's coming out at 10 today, I'm guessing he said something on the air about it. And you've already had Crispy Haynes mention the Celtics trying to trade for Lillard. I, you, The way that I look at it right now is you don't load up on all these assets unless you have a plan. And there's a lot of picks, man. Like, Wait, I, know, I know seven, it's the second bro. rounders. Seven. It's seven. a lot. Seven. It's a lot. Oh, excuse me. Seven second rounders. I didn't, I didn't talk about our first round pick. Seven. You're right. When you're right, you're right. So so something is brewing. What's brewing? It's hard to tell. No but, clue, man. But the fact that well, so Damian Lillard has put the NBA on hold. Okay? And because there's gonna be several teams, you know, the, the big winning teams, Philly, Brooklyn, Miami, Boston. He's going east. The question is which one of those teams are going to which one of those teams will Portland want to side with? Because what are, what are they looking to do? What is Portland looking to do? And I think we forget about that. Like, what are they? Are they looking to add a dope player, uh, 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 like like a Jalen Brown or whatever? Or would they go after and get like a, a Tyrese Maxey, who Philly didn't uh, extend? This is going to be so interesting to watch. I think he has to land. I don't think that affects anything that Boston is doing, trying to do with Jalen Brown. But I think that they're trying to figure out a way how to get Lillard and Brown on this roster. I don't know how financially they can do that, but it ain't my job to figure it out. It's it's their job. So, like, at the end of the day, I think Boston's looking to put together a roster to where it's, like, minimal chances they will win. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you secure that point guard position. You have, like, just the perfect backups. I don't like calling Derek White a backup, but – you know what I'm trying to say? The depth will be great. Like, you don't lose at your depth. And I think that's what you're trying to do in sports, right? You want great starters, and when your depth come in, you want them to be as great as the starter, almost as great as the starter. So you just don't lose, you know what I'm saying, any value out there on the court. I don't know what's going down, but I think you're hitting the nail on the head, bro. They're looking to do something big. So we just got to just sit back and kind of like chillax, and I know it's hard. I tell you what will help us. Extend Jalen Brown figure that out and i still think you'll get some celtics fans that'll be like 
I can't believe they're going to be upset. <laughs> There's going to be people who are upset. the The fact is, is it seems like the the real issues with the deal right now, like you you mentioned earlier, that it seems to be like the little details and it's stuff, details. and like yeah. incentives and stuff like that. So I'll be interested to see what ends up happening with that. If it's just a matter of having like a good. Out. Like at, at a certain year, or like all NBA or All Star games, adding some incentives. extra money to get like the whole paycheck. And like, if that's the case, then like, all right, I get that. Um, I'm hoping it's not the thing that ends up killing a deal. I don't imagine it will. Wait, I think oh, I need to ask you this. I know this is in football. So in basketball, are there contracts where there'll be like like the incentive based contracts? Well, we'll give you a, a, a five year, two hundred and sixty million worth up to 290 million dollar type of deal if the incentives are met i Did think it? i think so but i just don't there's certain like little nuances like sometimes i it's not like massive amounts of money sometimes it's usually like a couple mil like there's certain gotcha. like goals like if you reach a certain amount of games played yep. or um if you yeah like i said all leads, yeah. yeah like all nba or you know di different certain things like they have to hit so that'll like get extra money on there contracts because then the player is taking it upon themselves to bet on themselves yeah right, so yeah I, i'm gonna get paid but you know what i can make more money but then again would that mean he's gonna play tight hero type ball like i don't want any of that yeah I think, uh, yeah 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 okay we'll we'll see how we'll see how it shakes out but i i'm, I'm hopeful that that's still gonna be something that they pursue that there's still gonna be a deal there because i do think that the celtics are certainly better off with Jalen Brown than without Absolutely. him Absolutely. and like unless you're moving in for a clear upgrade that fits your timeline I just don't get it um the only instance that again that I would move Jalen for is if he doesn't want to be here anymore and he doesn't plan on signing a long-term deal and again we I've said it to you before but it, it just makes sense for both sides to come to an agreement sign this extension if things aren't good in a year or if there's friction or something some type of out. then Ooh. you have some kind of out where you can move him to an environment where he wants to be he's still going to be getting paid and you don't have to you know you don't have to feel like there's any hard feelings because you're gonna you know you're gonna make sure that your guy gets paid the most money and preferably to a destination that he wants to play at but language. you know yeah language of the deal but besides that i don't have too much else to say uh, for for now, until we get some more news, and man, I'm nervous that something's gonna happen while I'm out of the house. But if there is, of then it is. we'll we'll re-record, we'll hash this all together, and that'll be that <laughs> emergency episode at, at 1 a.m. in the morning. I, I you know like what? Hey, if you if you're down. around tonight, if something crazy happens today, I'll, I'll message I, you later. <laughs> I will be around. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, with that, we're gonna wrap up for today. Uh, this has been the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. We will catch you next time, and cheers, everybody. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook.